you like love? Are you a night owl? Then Late Night Love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join And thank you for joining us on another excursion down the stream of consciousness to towards the river of love and on towards the sea of tranquility. Yay! Now I'm going to have to change it up now that I've got it. Ooh, crap, that's going to be sound bad. Now that I've got it figured out, I'm going to have to change it up just to keep me on my toes. I want to thank everybody for joining us this evening. We've got an interesting show for you tonight. We've got two dear lovey letters to take care of. We In the second half of the show, we're talking... Um, Emotional exhaustion has actually been in the news this week, so we're going to cover that a little bit. And if we get to it, Lubby has what you've got over there? Ten ways to fight loneliness this winter, according according to mental health experts. So we're all kind of wrapped up in a bit of emotional and mental health this today. And I think it's probably, you know, the dog days of, of winter. It's been a very stressful year. It's probably a good time for us to sit back and remember that taking care of ourselves is the very first act of love for those around you. You can't be your best self if you don't take time to love you, to love yourself. And you can't love those around you properly if you've drained yourself to the point of emotional or mental or whatever type of exhaustion you're happen to face because if as we'll discuss here in a minute you know if you let your emotional exhaustion go on too long it becomes a mental health issue one of the the first notice that struck me was there's an article in uh, USA Today you can go look up USA Today it's in our Trello cards if you want to look at it. Um, there's an article about emotional exhaustion and you know issues to deal with it and so i did a quick search there was four or five articles in the, just this last week about dealing with emotional exhaustion and what to do about it and there was some uh discussions about you know four things to do i think is what i let me go i'll pull up the A psychological pandemic is what they called it in, US, in the USA today. Now, I, I don't like the verbal hyperbole that the news uses these days. But there's talking about there's an unprecedented demand for therapy. Now, I'm one who strongly supports using therapy of some form. It doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist. You know, maybe a life coach might be good enough for you. But somebody outside your immediate circle who can see what you're experiencing on a um, from a different perspective, you know, can step outside of your bubble, your perspective, because it's very a easy. To get. A sounding board. Yeah. Not even necessarily gives you advice, just someone so you can actually express things that you otherwise can't express. You know, sometimes you have a hard time telling yourself things, but you can tell somebody else 
And then once you've got it out there, you can deal with it. But if you don't have anybody to talk to about it, and you know, you say, well, you have your your wife or your spouse or your significant other, and you should talk about those things, but that comes with lots of other things and you should get to the point where you can, but maybe you have to have someone else to talk to so you can get it straight in your head. So you can go have a rational conversation. Well, it's emotionally Um, fraught oftentimes. Yeah. There may be some, they're, they're emotionally involved and, and you may want someone who's not emotionally involved to bounce these things off of before you talk to your significant other. Okay. Because maybe you know you're kind of batting that crazy on this particular thing, but you just need to get it out, and you just need someone who's just going to sit there and say, well, that's an interesting perspective, <laughs> and let you kind of work through it yourself. But if, if you sometimes if you can't express things, you can't work through them. And so during these times of emotional stress, you know, being kind to yourself and finding these ways to go ahead and let that thing, those things out, find some outlet for that. Find a friend, a life coach, a therapist, so that your other spouse, someone who's not, doesn't share that stress with you. Because what you're feeling might not be exactly what you think you're feeling. And that's the point of being under emotional stress for an extended period of time. You know, and then you've got the world kind of going nuts at the same time. (sighs) You know, it's okay to want to talk to somebody. It's okay to want to bounce these things off of other people. And it's okay for you to be the person that they talk to. And you don't want to be dishonest, but you do want to be kind. You know, now if you're a therapist, you have training to deal with it. If you're just someone's best friend, you know, there may be times to listen and just kind of let them chabber on before you kind of crush their spirits with, you know, you're out to left field on that, don't you? Or maybe, you know, you may need someone more qualified than me. You know, there's a second half to this is there's a lot of people who are needing more therapy, but that puts a lot of pressure on friends and family and those of us who might know somebody who might need some more therapy to be more present, more aware, more loving and able to direct them to the help they need. Like one of the biggest issues we want to be careful of is to not short circuit. So here's another one. Here's four signs. I know you like these issues. That are- is that the the journal one, the mind's journal? Yeah. Okay, four signs you're emotionally drained and what to do. Yeah, you might feel sleepy during periods of the day, clear decisions in performing or being productive, and apathy towards things that usually bring you happiness. You know, you try and you avoid things that normally you would seek out. Irritability and flying off the handle. Yeah, that's a recurring theme on all these. There's some of these things that they don't let they continually repeat. 
but you know, you know what you feel, what you're like when you're stressed. When you're, it's you know, there's nothing new in in any of these things. It's the key is to be mindful and understand. And you know, I can tell you, trying to force yourself to motivations, I you know, I know it's something I can have trouble with. Now, I didn't feel well for a while, and then kind of getting back into the process of moving after you've been kind of tired. After you've been sick, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't all that sick; I was just exhausted. It was a weird sickness, but anyway. I didn't feel bad. I was just tired. <laughs> I you could have almost called it an emotional tired, but I knew better. Um, you could have almost said it was. Uh-huh. You know, you could have, okay. Am I just being, you know, depressed or something? But I <laughs> wasn't. It was a mild sickness, strange sickness. Who knows? Maybe I had coronavirus. Maybe not. Maybe I just had a cold. All this. <laughs> Well, you had a lot of sinus stuff, so I would say it was a cold. Yeah, it was all in the head. It didn't go it in the chest. It was all in the head. It didn't yeah. go in the chest at all. Yeah. It didn't go in the chest. It was all up in the head. But it was just exhausting. That's all it really was. I was just tired. I didn't feel terrible. So whether what no matter what it was, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I don't think stress helped. No. I think, you know, I had been... You know, I'm under lots of stress. We got lots of projects going on. We got lots to do. And it's been hard to kind of get back into it and kind of pick back up. And that's probably some emotional exhaustion. You know, it was a long year, a long 11 months. A long 11 The campaign took it out of you. Yeah. And then we. You're still recovering. And then we started all this at the same time. And, right. And we've got stresses like everybody else, you know, economic stresses during these times. And so if I wanted to take an honest, hard look at myself, yeah, I'd probably be facing some emotional exhaustion. I have a therapist I see every month, so I haven't gotten, it doesn't, I'm not worried about it going farther than maybe an emotional exhaustion. I have the tools and the family and the resources, but a lot of people don't. And even more people don't think about it. And if there's something we do, I mean, if there is something that maybe we can accomplish in this project that we're doing is to get more people comfortable with talking about their emotional and mental health with more people, I think is a, and we've done something good. Yes. Because I don't care if it's a life coach, if it's a, counselor, if it's a therapist, a psychologist, whatever, wherever it is on the spectrum that you need, you know, even a good yoga instructor can give, it essentially can give you, can give you the boost, can give you an emotional health. And if your emotional health is maintained, you don't ever get to the spots where you need issues with mental health because you don't develop those. Now, trauma, it always is an opportunity to, to, you know, when you need it. But aside from trauma, you know, you can actually avoid mental health issues by managing your emotional health. 
and then you can be in better shape to deal with trauma when it happens because we are humans and trauma will happen. Life happens, yes. There's, you know, no one is it. No one gets out of this unscathed. Yes. Even the most privileged and the richest. You know, Steve Jobs died of, it wasn't cancer, it was some strange, some disease. And yeah, died relatively young. So you can have everything at you. You can have the world at your fingertips. Doesn't mean the world isn't going to say sorry at your time. So not to get kind of morose, but take care of yourself and enjoy the time you're in your year. And there's no need to suffer. No, there's no reason to live in suffering. There's no reason to live in suffering. Now, the journey out of suffering can be long but it's worth it. That part I can tell you. Having had to do it a number of times, I can tell you it's worth it every time. And I'll go through it again if I have to, because it's worth it. I prefer not to, I'll try and avoid it. But <laughs> if it comes to it, then it comes to it, and we'll do it again. Just, you know, what's the alternative? Live in misery? Live in misery? No, thank you. Just exist? You might as well live. Living in misery would probably be better than just existing. I've been listening to psychology lectures this week. And um, oh, who was it? It wasn't Freud. Mitchke? And he was talking about how the human animal, if you gave them everything they wanted, you made everything perfect they would deliberately screw it up just to have something interesting happen humans couldn't stand a utopia we'd wither and die a, a intellectual and emotional death an artistic death there'd be nothing to live for Challenging that so the challenges in life is what makes life interesting. And if you did, and if you, and if you even somehow managed to take care of that so they couldn't do that, they deliberately go crazy just to have something to do. Interesting. Well, you can kind of see it. You know, you've got all those extra privileged kids. And you just watch them go crazy. They kind of, they've got no direction in life. They have no real challenges. I mean, the good parents give them challenges, give them, you know, stuff to do. Even if it's they buy them a company to run, at least they give them something to do. <laughs> give them a challenge, give them something to focus on. You know, a lot of those, those kids, have, they're just directionless. I think that is kind of the worst thing to be, is to be directionless. And which is why so many people are struggling right now, because you've kind of been forced into a directionless lifestyle. And that is just so hard. You can't even plan. You know, even if, you know, the, what's the saying? Man plans, God laughs. But at least you can plan. <laughs> 
yeah. yeah, you know it's going to get screwed up, but at least you can plan. At least you can have a direction in which you're headed. And, you know, right now it's hard to do that. And I can feel sympathy for everybody out there who's struggling with it. Because, you know, I've been there. And I feel insanely lucky to have the familiar resources and the, you know, the therapist I can trust over a decade. I have to do that again and go through all that again. It's a big comfort. Something which I am thankful for. You know, I know the value of that. Okay, so what else we got? Uh, irritability flying off the handle. And really the solution for irritability for me is to just be mindful, you know, just bite your tongue, understand you're being irritable and don't say necessarily the first thing that comes out your mouth. What else we got? Constant fatigue and poor sleep. Oh, I think everybody's sleep is off. Yeah, that's a that's a solution for these for kind of uh, everybody's all messed up these days with the um, not just COVID. It, it's and it's kind of changed everything. The whole world just kind of works different because I've even got a, a friend of mine who does he now has to do video conferencing with people around the world. So he has to get up at like two 30 AM to have a meeting. Oh my heavens. Because, you know, he has to work on their time for whatever reason, instead of them working on his or finding some time that's, you know, the least objectionable for everybody. You know, maybe it's 10 PM, but still it's better than three 30. <laughs> you know? All right. So we've gone through this. We're going to take a second here. And I am going to remind you all that you can reach me and Lovey on Twitter. You can send me a tweet at JazzRack. You can send Lovey over there an email at love at late night love. I'd love to hear from you. You can join our community over at patreon.com slash late night love. And you can find us on a wide variety of social media networks. And you can follow our podcasts over at Anchor FM slash Late Night Love or your favorite podcast procurement system. We should be on most of them. Most of them. And if we're not on one, let me know and we will get on it. At this stage, we're on iHeartRadio, Amazon, iTunes, we're on all the big ones. Spotify. Yeah, we're on all the big ones and a number of the smaller ones. But if we're not on your favorite one, let me know and I can submit the podcast to take care of it. All right. So for that bit of business done, we've got a few more minutes here before this halftime. Yeah, emotional exhaustion. There's another one. Seven signs you're suffering from emotional exhaustion. There you go. You love the, the seven sign one. 
You're uber sensitive to every little thing. Yes. And it's making me crazy. Who's uber sensitive? You're uber sensitive? I'm sensitive to every little thing. Everything seems like a big freaking deal. And it's really irritating. I'm irritating myself. <laughs> I hate when that happens. When you get so now you get past the point of being irritated. Now you're just irritated at yourself. Yes. Yeah, that's irritating. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, 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 a, it's a double irritate. Yeah, because now, now not only are you irritated at um, at the world or whatever the heck it is that's irritating you, now you're irritated at yourself for being irritable. And, and, and yes, <laughs> yeah. Now you can't even win, man. <laughs> every day emotions consume you. Well, I wouldn't say everyday emotions, but I I have flare-ups. Well, it's the I think everybody does. Well, I think in sense, but I don't respond to them. I I don't I you know I just it's their feelings. They're just feelings. Yeah, I think that's the next stage of number one. You know, if you're feeling uber sensitive to everything, the next thing you know, you're always emotional. Yes. And, you know, it's everything becomes an emotional thing. You know, you end up, why all these, you end up crying, you know, you, God. You get an extra, uh, com, too many commercials come on YouTube. Oh, God. Rather than just being irritated, you're really irritated. You know, that's the kind of thing. You're expressing too much or not enough emotion. Oh, wow, these people are never going to be happy. Good Lord. Now, I guess, why couldn't they have just expressed it the way they did in the, in the uh, first sentence? Your responses are extreme, either one way or the other, and either emotion is consistent. Now, see, what? That was the... Anyway. You can feel yourself becoming on edge and afraid of being triggered. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. I wonder what's going to happen next. Well, that's my anxiety disorder constantly. So I live like that. Well, not so much anymore, but uh, you know, I'm on average to bad days I do, but on good days I don't. But that's what an anxiety disorder is. And then when, uh, even on good days, you're worried about what's going to kick it from a good day to a bad day. I don't worry about that so much anymore. But good. Because that can ruin your day too. Yeah. Well it's it's hard on you. Because it wears on you over time. Yes. You know, one day like that, two days like that, yeah, whatever. But when it's every day, all day, seven days a week. That's how anxiety disorders become mental health issues and treated anyway. But once you start treating them properly, then you know you can manage that thing. Your health becomes better, and as your health becomes better, your outlook on life becomes better, and it becomes, in a sense, it snowballs the other way. You can snowball it the other way. I so I want to give hope to people out there, especially you know those of with with anxiety disorders. So you give some hope. You know, 15 years ago, I couldn't leave the house. And now we're doing this. They run for office. It's all because it snowballs. As much as it can snowball one direction, it can snowball in the other direction. 
and you know the problem is you have to get out there and build a snowball and push it around it's not easy but it's better than the alternative it's better than the alternative okay number five it says you feel defeated everything may feel like a make it or break it type of deal that would be a hard way to live fight or flight maybe not quite fight or flight but i i get what they're trying to say they're hopeless and overwhelming hopelessness may be overwhelming but remember your future isn't dimmer how than how you make it out to be hmm yeah well go back to the mindfulness we like to talk about a lot and it's just when you're feeling that way just remember that it's a feeling it's not necessarily reality you know how you interpret the world what your brain perceives as necessary and where you want to go and how it's interpreting all these various inputs and processing them is colored by your mental state, by your emotional state. So you have to be mindful of your emotional state when you are, are feeling this way. And so really, as we go through this, it's, you've got to be mindful of what you're feeling because we can sit here and tell you all these tips and they're, they're good enough. I don't have any issues with any of them. except it doesn't start at basic enough. Right, we can point here to all these things and say, Hey, look, if you're feeling this way, you need to do what? You need to be mindful that you're feeling this way. The very first step that is mindfulness is being mindful that you're feeling this way. Here, let's finish this and then we'll talk about that. Struggling to find the need to move forward. You find it challenging to picture how to move on in life. Yes. Yeah, and especially on and these days make it even harder with so much changing so fast, right? Everything is changing so fast. The whole world is changing so fast. Yes. And you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring because the people who are making policy don't have the slightest idea what the heck they're doing. And fair enough. Maybe it's difficult times and, you know, they're doing the best they can. Okay, we can accept that. But it's hard because you're just an average person just trying to get through life. You don't know. You're just trying to understand as best you can. And the world keeps changing around you every other day. How can you plan for the future? It's difficult. Okay, so let's get this last one. Ready for change, but don't know what to do to achieve it. Now, oddly enough, this last it this last sentence in this little article, not well, I guess it's not the last sentence. One of the last sentences in this little article is take time alone and really work on yourself. Process your emotions in real time, acknowledge how you feel, reflect on how to properly respond to scenarios, 
as, as they, they happen. You know what we call that? Mindfulness. <laughs> yeah, there's a word for that. <laughs> it, it's you, you understand where your mind is and you, you constantly work on it. And you don't beat yourself up for not being where you would like your mind. You're just setting yourself a goal, essentially. You're saying, no, that's not the mind I want. It's not the mindset I want to have. I want to have this mindset. No, that's not the mindset I want to have. I want to have this mindset. No. And you and as you do that, eventually you start getting closer to the mindset you want to have. Yes, it becomes second nature and you don't have to take that extra step. Yeah. And you start to do it less often because you're starting to have the mindset that you actually want to have. It's kind of active listening in reverse, but you're just listening to yourself. And that's, and that's a strange thing when people talk about listening to yourselves. It's like there's two parts of you. you know? When you're talking to yourself, who are you talking to? Yeah, I've been listening to too many psychology classes. Like conscious me. mind or your subconscious mind. Yeah, but, but where do those two things come from? How is it you're arguing with yourself? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Just and we all do it, you know. And you guess those people with multiple personalities, you can you can understand how you can get there. I do understand how you can disassociate the self with you just arguing with yourself versus where you get this distinct and you've got a mental issue. And I can actually understand how multiple personalities uh, can develop. Uh-huh. It's sad, but I get it. I actually can get the process. Psychologically, anyway, I don't... I can't understand what they're going through, but I can understand the psychological framework process. Whatever system it is, when you're talking to yourself, it has gone haywire. And so now instead of talking to themselves, there's 10 of themselves to talk to. And the dominant ones pop up because that barrier between is doesn't function right for them. It, almost curious to look back and see how the heck did that system develop like that and why what's the biological reasoning for it what's evolutionary reasoning process or accident reasoning is a wrong word because it wasn't reasoned it happened but what was the evolutionary processes that developed that I'd just be curious to know but anyway we are going to hit halftime. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsor. And we are back from our sponsor. We have been discussing... Mental health, mental exhaustion. Emotional exhaustion, man. Emotional exhaustion. <laughs> I forgot for a, minute, for a minute what the heck we've been discussing. We have been talking emotional exhaustion. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We have a couple dear lovely little letters to answer. And we have, if at the end of that, for this end of the show to round out, Lubby's over there. She's got some, uh, another one of her lists. She loves her lists over there. Ten ways... To fight loneliness this winter. Loneliness. 
And so actually, you know, it's a kind of a theme show that, you know, emotional health. It's a, it's a good theme for emotional health. Yeah. Because our dear lovey letters do cover emotional health. Let's go ahead and we'll get this first one. All right. Dear lovey, what do you do to help and show support to your loved one during a challenging mental stage? It could be a medication change, trauma, or just having a hard time in general. Signed, want to help. Well, what I do is be, I try to be present and listen, really, really listen. Active listening, show support. I also ask, what do you need? I'm not a mind reader. Please tell me, how can I help you? So I, I listen and I ask. And, and also, we want to be careful here is if this is your first early, you're young and it's your early relationships, you're going to have a different answer than for someone who's been in long-term relationships and you kind of understand what they need. Because we can kind of know how to do this. We know the routine. You know, we know how to get through it. You and, and you have a you and, you and, you and I, I when you have I, a medication when change, I have a medication change is, we, that's, we know the drill. We know the drill. We don't have to sit down. Okay, so what do you need from me as we go through a medication? Change? I don't need to ask you anymore. I do on occasion, but the reason I ask you isn't because I need to know. It's because so you know that I'm there for you. I don't ask you because I actually think you're going to tell me something I don't know. You might, and I'm there to hear it if you do. But, but for the most part, I'm asking you, it, it's a reinforcement that I'm there. Well, it works because that really makes me feel like you're present. Yeah, because I figure I pretty much know I, what you I, need. I feel like I'm not alone when you ask me what I... Some, but the last one was, I don't know if you need to be alone or if you need me to hang out with you. What do you need? And I didn't I didn't need this to hang out. Yeah, I didn't. I did later, but uh, not right then. But it made me feel less alone. Yes. Well, for you, there's a there's times when it's clear that you need me to hang out with you, and I, I'll just hang out with you. And there's times when it's kind of clear that you're just kind of fine. It's just one of those days, and maybe you're even better off kind of hanging out by yourself, where you can just kind of go be off in your own day. And sometimes those those lines are very clear. That particular day, I didn't actually know. And so I just, all right, so I'm just going to ask. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was a simple, I didn't know, so I was going to ask because I didn't know. And so I, in a sense, what do you do? Ask. Ask what you can do. And if you kind of know, then just do it. But if you're unsure about something, ask. Because the most important thing is that they feel loved, accepted, that they're not being judged for having a hard day, that they're not going to be thought less of, they're not going to be rejected. Because the hardest part of dealing with mental illness is that rejection, the fear of rejection. Yes. Especially from someone, you know, who loves you. The person you love the most can also hurt you the most. And that's why 
you know, it's the scariest thing. I'm still waiting for you to look at me and go, you know, I've done this long enough. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> That's one of my biggest fears. Well, because it can be because it would really freaking hurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's your biggest fear. That's why my biggest, I, my fear of flying isn't because I'm afraid of flying. It's not because I'm a claustrophobic or afraid of heights. It's, I, I'm afraid of the sudden stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everything else is fine. It's a sudden stop. It's, it's I'm afraid of the pain. Now, it's not logical because I drive a car all the dang time and that in, in, in any logical sense is far more dangerous. But, you know, these kind of things don't always make sense. No. <laughs> but, you know, those people that can who love you the most, the love that you the deeper the love, the deeper the potential harm. And so it becomes and when you're facing a mental illness issue, you're not processing the world correctly. And so you have to make sure they know for sure that you have not rejected them. And however you do that, whether it's making them a nice dinner, sitting down with them for a movie, asking if they need you to hang out or, or, do you, or do they can go off and get some work done, whatever it is. You know, do they want to just sit and play video games and eat snacks all day? What? Yeah. They need to know that you will not reject them for what they're going through. That right. is the most important thing. And that they're do. going to, that they can do whatever they need to do to make it okay. Yes. Yeah. Because if you know they're not going to reject you, the rest is, I'm not going to say easy, but the rest is just work. You'll get through it. There's not that anxiety there. Yeah. Yeah. You're not adding fear on top of it. Right. You're not adding fear of having your love life and your relationship and all that fall apart. You're, that part of your life at least feels solid and secure. It's the anchor in the storm. You know, be the anchor in the storm. Be the rock. Yeah. Sometimes they get to be your rock. Yeah. Sometimes you get to be their rock. Yeah. And if yeah. you need someone else to be your rock so you can be their rock. Find another rock. Find somebody. Yeah. Your mother, your pastor, your, your father, your best friend, your therapist, whatever it is. You know, find your own rock. It, uh, you know, love is a strange thing. It defies the laws of physics. It's the more the more you put into love, the more you get out of it. Even if it falls apart at the end, at the end of your life, you will have more. You will always get more in the long run than you put in. It may not seem like it in the short term, but in the long term, you always will. And the world will also be better off. What more do you want? Help yourself and the world. Love your partner. Okay. And show it. All right. So, next Dear Lovey letter. 
we've got how long do you think the honeymoon stage should last does it change for every relationship and what are some ways to maybe find your way back to the honeymoon stage young dumb and love but first i want to make sure something that is should be young inexperienced and and loved nobody who's smart enough to ask these type of questions should ever sign anything dumb because you're not just inexperienced i just want to be clear not just with the writer not just with the with the, the writer with anybody in general if you're smart enough to think of intelligent questions you're not dumb you've thought of good questions dumb people don't ask good questions by the very by the very nature of it. Okay, so my rant, my love yourself <laughs> rant is over. <laughs> That's my little love yourself rant, and we'll get that one over for the day. But honeymoon stage should last. Well, it depends. It, it changes for every relationship. It well, really does. And it also depends on what's going on in your relationship. If you've chosen to have a baby, the minute you made this, that decision, your honeymoon stage is over. Don't care how long they've been together. <laughs> your honeymoon stage is over. You are now parents. Yes. There's no honeymoon stage when you get parents. When you have a relationship with, with other kids, there's no honeymoon stage. It doesn't exist. At that stage, you're 30, you know, you're in your 30s. Your lives are, you should know this. You don't need a honeymoon stage. You, you just can't. If you've got children and family and you're raising them, there's no such thing as a honeymoon stage. And it's not, and I'm not trying to be downer. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here or a, or a Right. No, no, no. We should, life is still sweet. God. <laughs> yes, but there's no honeymoon. But there's just no honeymoon. Yeah, your honeymoon stage is your honeymoon. Whatever your honeymoon gets to be, that's your honeymoon stage. <laughs> because you, it's the daily grind starts the next day. But the beautiful thing is the beauty in these relationships isn't in your honeymoon stage. Honeymoon stage is quite literally just a stage. It says it right there in the name. You pass through it. And you get on to what's the meat, the bones, the daily grind, the things that make life colorful, livable, interesting. You don't want to live in the honeymoon stage. It's not real. Neither one of you are really who you are yet. Your relationship isn't defined yet. The the boundaries of where your life is going to be is still ill-defined. Really you don't want to live there. Oh, sure. Emotionally, you like the honeymoon stage. Because everything feels fresh and new. But you're never going to feel fresh and new again. But what you can do is you can... Reappreciate the love. It's not the honeymoon stage you want to get back to. It's the stage where you appreciate the love. Because the danger in the daily grind, as beautiful as it is, 
is you forget. You spend so much time in the daily grind, you forget why you do it. You forget that the reason you're doing the daily grind is to make your loved one happy or so they can be a better human being, so they can become the person they want, so you can become the person they want, so you can raise good children, so they can raise their own children, so they can become the artist, the movie star, the doctor, whatever it is they want to do. The idea of uh, wanting to get back to a honeymoon stage I understand the appeal, the emotional appeal, but I think it's the wrong goal because you're never going to do it. It's not you're aiming at a target that does no longer exists. You can you literally can't hit it, so don't aim for it. Aim for a reappreciation of your love. And how do you get back to that? Well. That's as unique as any relationship, you know, much like how long does the honeymoon period last? It depends. <laughs> you know, if you're 20 years old and you're in college and you're not starting a family, your honeymoon period can last years. As you go through graduate school and all that kind of stuff, if that's what you're doing, it can last years. Because you're not looking for anything else. It's all you want out of the relationship. You're both still changing so fast that your relationship is fundamentally new every week because you're both new every week. But the minute you settle down, start your own daily grind into your life and your career, the shorter your honeymoon period becomes simply because of life. And the same thing is how do you get back to appreciation of your love? That doesn't mean that you can't be in love. We've been together 10 years. I'm still in love with you. Yes. But the honeymoon stage is long gone. The, the honeymoon stage ended the day I was introduced to your daughter. Oh, it became serious. Yeah. And it's... It's not so dark. That was actually a very, that day, I still find that day to be a wonderful gift. She told me exactly what she needed in her own unique way, but she told me exactly what she needed. Which is straight off the cuff. I prefer things that way. She was blunt. And I knew exactly what she meant. And so it was fine. If she'd, oddly enough, if she'd done it differently, I may, if she hadn't done it, we would have, our relationship would have started off on, on, Oddly enough, on the wrong foot. She still thinks she was mean. She thinks she was mean? <laughs> yeah. I can see why she would think that. But I didn't. I understood what she was done. But, you know, who's the adult in the relationship, right? Who's the one who has to take this and understand what's really happening? Whose job was it? Was it a, is it, what, a teenager, a 13-year-old girl? Or the... Or a forty-year-old, forty-year-old man with raising his own kids, you know. I think it was my responsibility to make sure that was that relationship was worked properly. That's all. And you're very close today. Yeah. 
Yes. Which is oddly enough because I made that for here's a hint for you out there for those of you step parents. They control the relationship. Anything they allow you to do, they allow you to do. Yes. You know. It is. It's what they allow you to do. Yeah. If they allow you to act like a parent, then you've earned it and treat that with the honor and respect that it deserves. And you will be okay. Yeah. You can't demand respect. You have to earn it. And it's, and you're the adult. And so suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you know, there's a few times here where I'm going to be that blunt. But you're the adult. It's your it's your duty to suck it up and understand that they're children who don't fully understand their emotions. They don't fully understand what's going on. They, you know, they've got other issues to be dealt with, and you're the one who has to be the adult because you are. And if you do that, you will be rewarded in ways you can't even imagine. So, yeah, my hint there. It's a little <laughs> off our lovey letter, but yes. Yeah, at this point, I forgot what the heck the lovey letter was. Uh, uh, back to the heavy side. Yeah, there's to, just start focusing on ways to reappreciate your love. And whatever that is in your relationship. And it may be different than what it used to be. You know, maybe it was comic books or something that used to connect you together. And now maybe you're going to have to find something else. And maybe now you have to find movies because it's what you have time for it. Or it's the only kind of, it's the quick and dirty way for you to start. Then start, pick up the low hanging fruit. You know, not every gesture has to be big. Not every journey starts off in a sprint. Hmm? Babies don't learn to, to run. First they learn to roll over. Then they learn to get up on all fours. Then they learn to kind of squiggle around. Then they learn to crawl. <laughs> then they learn to stand up and fall down. Stand up and fall down. Then they learn to kind of toddle around. And eventually they're running. But it's a long process. Start small. You got a long time. You're in a long-term relationship. You have all the time in the world. What you don't have time for is to not do anything. Just do something. Whatever little dinky thing it is, just do something. And if it's the wrong thing, try something else. What you got to lose? So, there's that. <laughs> okay, so we've got, what do we've got? Oh, we got nine minutes, my love. 
I can do it in nine minutes. I can review this article, 10 Ways to Fight Loneliness. Okay, here we go. Start prepping now. So you should kind of, it's really, experts uh, um, stress the importance of planning ahead and coming up with some coping mechanism first rather than wait and try to figure out something on the fly. So you should start, you should prep ahead start or continue a new routine and and that kind of um, another option is to start implementing a daily or weekly routine okay now i just want to remind people this message stresses your schedule doesn't need to be all-encompassing or color-coded just something up you start with an intention Okay, now just remind people we're the 10 ways to fight winter loneliness. Yes. And just just kind of reminding what we're at. Okay? Yes. And, oh, I love the third one because this one is, is I, I, this is a mantra I live by. Manage your expectations. Yes, managing your expectations is key to okay. anything. This hasn't been a normal year, so... We, we're working on acceptance and how to navigate it. Yeah, because managing your expectations is, we all do that, right? We all write conversations in our head and then we, when we actually sit down and talk with somebody, it goes completely different and we're kind of disappointed. Well, that's because we didn't make the conversation that was likely to happen. We made the conversation that we wanted to happen. So managing your expectations is being real. We want everything to work out. And we can try. But you've got to be prepared, especially these days, for somebody to say, ah, we're locking down again. And you've got to be emotionally prepared for that. And it's hard, but you've just got to manage your expectations. That there is some uncertainty these days. Okay. Think about what self-care means to you. Okay. Do you love escaping with a good mystery novel or do you like a long hot bath? This is why they say plan ahead because this takes some research. Well, it takes some some depth into some some thought about what you really like and what you really need. Yeah, and maybe some trial and error. Yes. You may, it may be, you know, this, I thought this was going to help, but it really doesn't. And you have to be back to the managing expectations. You have to be okay with that and move on to something else. If something's not working. I'm not a journal person, you know, I just let meditation and yoga work fantastic for me. But I, I, you know, everybody says I should journal, but we're not all writers. I, I just sitting down and writing every day, setting aside a time and sitting and writing. Is it, it isn't what I, I would do. Well, the thing about writing a journal is to process your thoughts, but you don't have to write a journal to process your thoughts. Ah, that's the whole point of a journal It's just to give you a chance to sit there and formalize the processing of your thoughts. That's the whole point. No, I talk to myself all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
in your case, the journal would be to summarize the content of your thoughts, to give it an ending for the day, to wrap it up. Gotcha. And in a sense, if you wanted to do that without journaling, you just you just do a, a meditation at the end of the day. With my mind, in the years when my mind was unruly, that's what I would do. I haven't had to do that end of the day meditation for a while. But other people would journal. I, I don't journal, but it's similar. Well, I do a little summary of my day at the end of the day when I'm in bed trying to go to sleep. I do a summary of my day. Yeah. I think about how I want to, what the next day, how I want to improve, how I could do better, what went well, what didn't go so well. Okay. But I don't write that down. Can I be a can I, I be kinder to yourself on that process? Do me a favor, will you? I know I'm pretty mm -hmm. harsh on myself. Yeah, I don't even have to listen to you. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> be kinder to yourself, will you? Do me a favor. <laughs> I'm so harsh on myself. Okay, number five. Get outside, even if it's cold snowy or dark yeah okay that's it get out if you can take a walk dude well the sun is still out yeah okay number six learn to differentiate between worries and concerns worries are things that might happen in the future they take up space in your mind concerns on the other hand are more focused and involved Problem solving. Okay, you'd spend a lot of time worrying. Your doom brain. Yes, my doom brain. And I, I tried to put it into what can I do? And if I can't do anything, I try, 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 try to let it go. I pray about things a lot. That helps. You know what I do? I do the concern things, but I overthink it. You overthink it? I overthink the concerns. So, you know, we all have our own <laughs> burdens to bear. I overthink. The, I don't do so much worrying anymore. It's I overthink the concerns. I got legitimate. I see yeah, it's paralysis. Almost you can talk about paralysis by analysis if I actually want to be harsh to myself. Uh Okay, now it's my turn to say. I wish you would be a little more kind to yourself. There, I said right? if I wanted to be harsh. I didn't say I was. I just said okay. if I wanted to be harsh, I would point out that I can get to a bit of paralysis by analysis. It's a bad habit. We'll work on it. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Number seven, the difference between loneliness and simply being alone. Just because someone is physically alone doesn't necessarily mean they're lonely. That is so true. Yeah. I need my alone time. Oh, my God. If I didn't have my alone time, I would go nuts. Yeah, but loneliness is when. But I'm not lonely. Well, you can be lonely in a crowded room. Yes. You can be living in a house. I have been. You can live in a house full of people and be lonely. It's loneliness is a state of mind, not a state of being. So, you know, being alone, you know, how you know me, I like being alone. So, 
but that's not the same thing as lonely. I can always pick up a phone and call someone whoever I want. I can always go see my own, you know, talk to the lobby whenever I want. I, yes, so, I'm, so I'm never lonely. But, you know, so there's a difference. My guess is if you, you're feeling lonely, just reach out to those who care about you. We all have somebody. And if not, reach out to us and we'll talk to them. And that, and that takes us to number seven. Make your needs known. Reach out. It's number eight. But yes. Yeah, make, make your needs known. Reach out to those, to those who care about you. You have those who care about you. Yes. And I know some of, very few people have no one who cares about them. You may not think you have people that care about you, but you do. If you think you don't, you are either a human being who is not very nice and no one wants to hang out around you, which means you probably don't have enough personal foresight to think about it. Now, you're probably not worrying about it, not ever having any friends because you're too self-centered to consider it. So you have people who care about you. There's so few people who don't. And the people who don't are psychopaths or something like that. And so they're, they're not talking to us. They're not listening. They're not interacting with other people in a normal manner. Yeah, they're not interacting with this format. So we're not talking to them. They're, they're, not, not, in our, they're not in our target audience. <laughs> people in our target audience, they have a desire for love. Yes. So you have people who care about you. You may not see them. You may not know how to interact with them. They may not understand how to interact with you, but they exist. They're there. Just, you know, and it's a matter of figuring out how to connect, how to engage, and how to learn how to communicate. Have empathy for yourself. Number nine, have empathy just, for yourself. We just kind of covered that. We one. just kind of covered that. Number 10, treat yourself to some COVID. Cozy, comforting upgrades. A little bit of hookay. An electric lap blanket. Those are just uh, any any electric blanket. I'm a big fan of. Just pamper yourself a little. Yeah, I think is essentially. Is essentially. Yeah. Which I'm all. You know, it's a short term solution, and I'm okay for a get you over a hump. I'm all good for it. Just don't think it's going to give you a long term boost but you know sometimes you don't need a long-term boost you just need to get through the week <laughs> you just need that scented candle to help brighten your day a little bit that's yeah. all yeah sometimes it's not it's not gonna it's nothing earth-shaking but it's just a little nicety yeah sometimes you just need a little something to help your day be a little bit nicer and it makes tomorrow a little bit nicer which makes the next day a little bit nicer Next thing you know, you've had an attitude shift. <laughs> yes. You know, the world does work like that. Every option, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You know? And so the more negative reactions you put into the world, the more negative reactions there's going to be in the world. The more positive actions you put in the world, the more positive actions there will be in the world. The more love you put into the world, the more love that's going to be in the world. And that brings us to an end of this journey. 
down late night love as we've entered our sea of tranquility we've been upon an interesting journey tonight on you know loving yourself taking care of yourself you know, being kind to yourself we're all under stress you know these are insanely stressful times and you know the uncertainty of the future is the only certainty we have right now and i think we're all kind of starting to feel that starting to wear on us you're like a marathoner in that last mile you know you at this stage you're kind of you've burnt all the energy you've had you burnt everything you're you're at this stage you're running on pure want to and that's okay because we want to because the alternative to keep going is to stop and that's not acceptable we love you too much for us to want anybody to stop the world needs more love and anybody who listens to us cares about love and that is how we're going to end tonight's show. So, for me and Lovey, thank you for taking the time to be with us. You can catch us at uh, patreon.com. Love to hear from you. From Late Night Love. You can send Lovey more dear Lovey letters at love at latenightlove.us. You can hit me up at jazzrack on Twitter. And you can always find us at Facebook, Minds, MeWe. Um and Anchor FM and all those various podcast platforms from me and Lobby. Thank you for joining us and please remember to love everybody.